Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to another edition of the Hangtime Podcast. It's your main man, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta. John Schumann's in New Jersey, and John Hustle's behind the glass making it all work. We appreciate you joining us for another episode. We're past the halfway point of the season, people. Week 14 power rankings are live on NBA.com. But before we get to shoes rankings and break all that down, it was yet another busy weekend of action around the NBA, highlighted by a wild and crazy game in Washington, D.C. on Sunday. Shoe a double overtime thriller in D.C., an MVP candidate and an all-star candidate, I think, in Bradley Beal. Kawhi, of course, led the Raptors with 41 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, three steals, and two blocks, playing at an elite level now. It's so smooth what Kawhi is doing with the Raptors. We've almost stopped talking about his transition season and how he's playing, but I think he looks great with the Raptors. I don't know what he's going to do in free agency, but I wouldn't be mad if, if he's in Toronto for the foreseeable future. I think he's a great fit there. Is Bradley Beal an all-star shoot? Just, I mean, do you think he's done enough or has, has played well enough to garner all-star status this year? Probably. You know, I was talking, we was at the Knicks game on Friday and I was talking mm-hmm. to a couple other writers and, uh, Zach Lowe was there and he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my all-star picks. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We only have to pick the top, you know, media voting. We only have to pick the top five, right? And so anybody that you don't include in the top five is, you know, you know, you don't really worry about snubbing somebody because they're going to be right. an all-star anyway, right? If you're just picking the starters. But he's like all stressed because he picks, for his article, he picks all 12 guys. And Got you. So I haven't even, like, personally, I haven't thought about, you know, spots 6 through 12 in either conference very much. And, and sure. we'll, have, we'll have to submit our, our starter ballots, I think, in the next week. Yes, yes. But, yeah, I think, you know, and, and, and generally I'm a team success guy. And so I was ready to just say, hey, just take, you know, five guys each from the uh, Raptors, Celtics, Sixers, Bucks, and Pacers, <laughs> right. and then add Kemba Walker and Nikola Vucevic, and we're good, right? right. But um I don't know, man. Two guys each from two guys each from those five teams, and then add Kemba, Kemba Walker, and Vucevic, uh, and we're good. But I think what two paces you to the All Star game? Wait a minute, <laughs> uh, Bogdanovich, my man, he is having a heck of a season. <laughs> I mean, come on now. But yeah, Bradley Beal's definitely putting himself in that conversation. The Wizards are showing some signs of life. Five and four since John Wall went out. We've talked about it what a couple weeks ago when Wall was done for the season. That like, you know what that. Six, seven, eight in the East is still so wide open. You know anything could happen, and they're right. They're right there. The Pistons have shown. Pistons got a, an important win 
We're going to get to them in a minute, uh, yeah. Weekend, and then Orlando beat Boston and Houston over the weekend. So teams 9, 10, and 11 in the East have shown some signs of life when it looked like you know the East was going to be not so interesting in the bottom three. So it's good to see the Wizards. They're going out to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if the, the trip to London will, will help or hurt their little momentum that they've built up. But also the Raptors, hey, five-game winning streak now with that win. The Raptors, I mean, it is ridiculous what they do. And, and going to Kawhi Leonard, you know, I know that, like, talking about his passing is kind of nitpicking <laughs> with a guy that, you know, is just an incredible player on both ends of the floor. But I think his playmaking has been lacking from for the most part this season. And then in these last five games, he's got 26 assists, which is the most assists he's ever had in a five-game stretch in his whole career. So that is the one thing I've sort of kept an eye on with Toronto is sort of integrating him into the team offense and rather than rather than him just being sort of a one man show on certain right. possessions and then the ball moving to other guys on other possessions. Um and like I said, he had twenty six assists over the last five games. He had the game the the assist to uh Serge Ibaka on the game winning three uh in Washington on Sunday. And so that's that's I think the, the most encouraging sign about you know, the Raptors started um, starting to, you know, get their feet under them again. Right. Who's the who's the second all-star you're putting on from the Raptors? Uh, well, I would have said quite, uh, Kyle Lowry, but he's been hurt. I, I don't I, – like, that was just a, a silly – I don't uh, care. You may, you got to open that can. I got to pick up two. I got to pick two for now. All right. So, uh, Kawhi I'm Leonard thinking it's Pascal Siakam. Maybe. Why not? Maybe. I mean, he's had some – I mean, he has big games in the, in the last – He week. had some monster games. Yeah. Why yeah, not? He's, he's been uh, really good. All right, I, I'm just I'm just fishing. I'm just trying to get Either you. Way, you want to go through all, three, all, all five of those teams? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get you in trouble. You know, my other favorite game of the weekend and really favorite moment from the weekend by far is uh, Blake Griffin getting his revenge on the Clippers. And you know, I'm a I'm a Blake guy. I'm definitely Team Blake. Him dropping 44 and getting the win at Staples that's classic. The even better part is. He, I don't even know what to call it since he wouldn't own up to snubbing Steve Ballmer and refusing to shake Ballmer's hand after he got done with his pregame workout. But I like it. I like the pettiness. I, I don't mind. I don't mind petty action. I just wish he owned it afterwards instead of sort of going into denial about <laughs> you know what was what look what clearly looked like a a blatant snub. But you know, it, I mean, listen. If if we ever get sideways one day and you're wondering, did I snub you or not? <laughs> if I see you somewhere and just take off the other direction, trust me, it's me snubbing you. I don't want you to have <laughs> like Bomber look like he's kind of confused. Like, gee, I don't know if it was. I've never seen you run, so I, I assume yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're running, it's with a purpose. <laughs> There's another guy though. I'm going to be upset if Blake doesn't make the All Star team because I think he's played well enough in All Star. That's a good one. Yeah, probably. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. The Pacers and maybe the Raptors don't have a second All Star, but we'll see. Um, I, I'll, I'll, once I get my five starters, I'll think more about the seven reserves, and we can talk about that in a future right, we'll do podcast uh, edition. But I think the Pistons would be the best team in the league if every game was a revenge game. You know, two of their <laughs> best wins of the season were at Toronto in Frank Casey's return, and then right. uh, you know winning at the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know if they can count on. Uh... I don't know if they can count enough revenge games to get him through. Um, <laughs> do you or do you agree with Ben Simmons that the Sixers are too soft? Which was which was his declaration after they lost to the uh, lowly Atlanta Hawks. 
Yeah, and they lost lost to the Wizards before that too. So um, I don't know, but we're gonna find out because they play the Wolves in the reunion game with Jimmy Butler on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's on NBA TV, by the way, 7 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night. And that is the end of seven straight games against teams that currently have losing records. But the Wolves are a decent team with the losing record, obviously playing a little bit better of late and and you know still in the Western Conference playoff picture. And then after that, the Sixers are going to play something like 11 or 12 straight games against teams that currently have winning records. Yeah. Yeah, 12 straight against teams that currently have winning records. There's 15 teams that have currently have winning records or 15 or 16. And the Sixers have played the fewest games against that group. They're seven and eight currently. Um, and now after the Minnesota game, they're going to play 12 straight. That starts with a game in Indiana. And then they play uh, the Thunder at home over the weekend, I think. And so that 12 games is going to tell us a lot. You know, this team, they're finally healthy. They've been banged up. You know, the last couple of weeks, J.J. Redick missed a couple of games. Joel Embiid missed a game. Uh, Wilson Chandler has missed a couple of games. Butler, I think, has missed a game or two. So uh, they're healthy. At least their starting lineup is healthy. Um, they've had Butler now for two months. And now they're going into a, a stretch of, uh, of 12 tough games. So I think I'm kind of fascinated to watch them over this stretch and see where they are. They're, they're sort of hanging around outside the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And it'll be interesting to see if, if uh, they sort of make some progress on either end, of the floor of that, uh, either end of the floor against that group, just how they play against these good teams because they haven't really played a lot of good teams of late. And, and yeah. it's going to be a, a good test. And so – Maybe it's a good time for Ben Simmons to be sort of calling them out because the schedule's about to get a lot tougher. Yeah. Does this – I mean, it dawned on me looking at the stretch coming up for all these teams, you know, for the entire league leading up to All-Star. Does it seem like the season is kind of flying by? Yes. I, I didn't realize – I was like, okay, we're at the midseason point. You know, no no big deal. We do that, you know, around this league. That's, that's normal. But it just seems like two snaps and we're already – past the mid you know it's like wait a minute yeah i mean all-star break is coming up like i like every day i'm like oh i gotta get my flight and then i realize like you know we're we're late we're going there in less than a month to charlotte so yes and like this is the normal this is normally the the sort of tough stretch of the of the season you know between christmas and the all-star break where you know it's winter and it's kind of a little bit of a grind you know, until you get yeah. to that break. But there's been so much parity in the league and there's so much up for grabs. You know, any team that lets go of the rope right now is in serious trouble. You know, there's obviously still 14 teams playing for playoff spots in the West, still 11 teams playing for playoff spots in the East. That top five is trying to, in the East, is jockeying for position. The Celtics obviously not happy with being in fifth place right now. Yeah. And so I, I think it's it's interesting. Yeah, it has fly, fly, flown by, and but I think because of all the parity, this this next few weeks between now and the and the break is uh, more important than than we're probably used to be it being. Yeah. I'm going to get to the Celtics <clears throat> um, shortly. They they concern me again. <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm going to. I think there's some clear cracking in the foundation there with Kyrie, and and maybe he's just a dude who's not going to be satisfied. He likes uh, to talk no also. Let's let's just put yeah. it out there. He likes to talk to the media and likes to talk, tell them what he, uh, I don't know, his, you know, I, there's something about him that, that he likes to talk about this kind of stuff about the young guys need to learn and, and all this. Like, I feel like he's, 
he 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 asked to be in this position and now he's he's, he's bristling uh, at every turn he's like every yeah. you know everything's an issue it's like well bro you know you wanted to be the leader of your own band now you got it you know so now you're finding out that yeah this is not as easy as it looks i don't know i just i feel like things are going to come to a head at some point and they're going to have to part ways with some people on that roster and it's I'm sure it's going to look like the right thing to do at the time, but I'm like, man, I hate to see them break up. I don't know if that has to happen between now and, and July. Like, I don't know when it happens, but I'm saying there's, to me, there's just, there's going to come to a point where, and I've said this before, Shu, I said this years ago when, you know, the, the Thunder had Harden, Westbrook, and KD when they were young guys, when they went to that first finals together. And, you know, we'd sit around and have conversations. I had this conversation with a couple of executives, and they, they were under this crazy notion like well why wouldn't all these guys why aren't these why wouldn't they be happy together you know evolving as a group and blah blah and I said you can't expect young ambitious talented guys like this to be content with the idea of sack one of them has to be sacrificed for the greater good like you can't expect Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to be cool or Rozier to be cool with being a secondary piece for the foreseeable future that's not it's not how ambitious 20-somethings or, you know, teens in some cases. That's not how it works. They're not, you know, no, no dude's going to be happy saying, you know what, I'm the third wheel or I'm the odd man out, so I should just be cool with it and continue to work hard and accept it. Like, that's not realistic. And for Kyrie to expect any of those young guys to take a back seat is no more realistic than it would have been for us to expect him to want to, you know, or for him to be okay with taking a backseat at that stage of his career. It's not, it, it makes no sense in an environment where 80% of what you're doing is based on your own self-inflated evaluation of who you are. It's not, it's, it makes no, it's not a logical concept to me. It's funny. It's like, it was all good just five days ago when they kill, killed the Pacers. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. When you're riding that emotional wave, man, if you're lead, I always say this, you, I've heard players say it when, when the leader, whether it's the coach or your best player is the most emotional dude out there or the one with the most fragile ego, that's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, um, the funny thing is they're second in point differential per hundred possessions right now, second in the league behind Milwaukee. Um, but you know, they've, sort of struggled in close games or just been mediocre in close games, which is not good enough for how good, you know, a team that we all expected to be the representing the Eastern conference in the finals this year, but Hey, there's still five months between four months between uh, now yeah, and, plenty of and time. You know what, you know what Boston's problem to me is their leader on the books and their leader to the public are two p different people to me. And I don't know if they realize that. I don't know if Kyrie understands that. But you've made the point time and again to me in the past. Al Horford should be the backbone of that team. He's the guy who should be the leader of that team. If you're talking about the right temperament, the kind of leadership qualities you need on with an ensemble team like that, where you have so many different guys who could do the heavy lifting, I think to me, this is just my opinion, Kyrie is assuming way too much <laughs> of the public burden. You know, he's, well, I've got to be better. I've got to be a better leader. It's like, dude, what you have to do is cede some of that leadership responsibility to the other veterans on your team capable of leading. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you can say about their playoff run last year is that yes. Horford was the clear vet in that locker room and the guy that... Without all the bluster, by the way. Yeah, and also the guy that outplayed both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel and Embiid, Embiid exactly. in the playoff series, by the way. Yeah, I think he's he's had a little bit of a rough season this year playing through, um, I guess it's knee uh, knee pain, and I, you know, I'd love to see him, whether you know the leadership thing aside, see him, you know, have a, 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 a just a decent stretch of season on the floor, yeah, um, and see where that takes him. Boston Celtics are not in the top five of the Week 14 Power Rankings shoe. Um, live on NBA.com. Now your top five this week: Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, and San Antonio. Spurs, wow. Spurs were not a team that was even in the conversation a month ago. Is this legit? Like, you think they stick around? <laughs> uh, we've talked in about this neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I I think I'll still be impressed if they just make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they're in the top five now just because they just have been on such a hot streak over the last yeah. five weeks or so. But then they had a disappointing loss last week in Memphis, right? Um, where their offense just was came up empty. And then they split that home and home with the Thunder, including that wild double overtime game, yeah, where Lamarcus Aldridge scored fifty six points. So I mean, it, it's still, I mean, everything's still up in the air with that group. You know, I think when you look at the Western Conference standings, there's only a couple of teams that we can really say, okay, this team is making the playoffs. Uh, the Warriors. I think the Nuggets have just been so good so far that it would be hard to imagine them. And the Thunder, I think, just with their defense, it, you can sort of believe that they're pretty reliable. But after that, Portland, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Lakers, all of those teams have, have their flaws and could slip at any point. And, you know, there's teams behind them that are playing fairly well or well enough. And, you know, like I said, the Jazz, with their easier stretch of schedule, is is – are primed to take one of those spots. And right now, as we speak, they're tied with the Lakers for eighth place. Yeah. Can I go out on a limb and say that I'm going to predict that you won't get as much hate mail for your top five this week as you did last week? (laughs) Um, It's possible. This is a very representative top five this week. And I know the, I know the power rankings like any other ranking, there's an ebb and flow to it, but this, that looks like a top five. I could actually believe it with the Spurs (laughs) being kind of a, an edge team if they could continue to play well. Um, team of the week, the Golden State Warriors. Offense is the offense is starting to hum. Yeah, Clay Thompson had forty four, I think it was in the one game against the Knicks, and then Stephen Curry forty eight on Sunday. Stroke was pure. <laughs> I mean, I was I was looking at his follow through on his threes on all eleven of them, and it was like <laughs> for for a dude who shoots it as well as he does. When he's feeling it like that, I mean, that's got to be a pretty ridiculous zone to be in. When you, you know, when you know you can shoot it like that, and they fall like that, it's like, man, he probably wants wants the game to go to quadruple overtime so we can keep Jack. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't, still haven't locked down at all. No, um, still ranked 16th defensively, but they've won six of their last seven, and their offense has been ridiculous over that seven game stretch. Uh, 126 points per 100 possessions, and as 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 much of a as I don't know, disappointing as they've been, they're playing for a first place in the Western Conference on Tuesday. Huge game in Denver. 
I don't know. I, I, do we do we consider them disappointing when they're? I mean, I guess <laughs> I, I because their own standard. Set, yeah, they, yeah, it's a standard they've set, and we yeah. know. Like we look at them, we know they can be better than what they have. You know, yeah. what they've been. They're twenty nine and fourteen. If you say, okay, the Warriors have played forty three games. You know, how many games should they have won? I would say, yeah, they should probably be like thirty four and nine or something yeah. like that. You know, I like, should. I wish Big Boogie was coming back. Tuesday night instead of later in the week, potentially. I, I really do. I would yeah. love to see him against the Nuggets, see that matchup with he and Jokic. It's interesting. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, that's a huge game, obviously, for first place. And they're also skipping over the game in between on, I guess it's Wednesday, they play the Pelicans. So yeah. it's interesting that he's not making return against the Nuggets and he's not making uh, his return against his former team. So that's... yeah. A little bit interesting. Well, interesting. How many times this season in power rankings have we had the team of the week and the team of the watch being the same squad? I don't know. That needs to be a that needs to be a Schumann stat. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm saying that's good trivia. Um, yeah, I mean they. Just, I mean they're the first one is about is about them just sort of taking care of business and blowing right. teams out last week, and then the second one is them about is about you know one playing for the playing the Nuggets on Tuesday and two seeing the the debut. On, Get the research department on that. We we need to find out if that's happened this season or not. That's a it's a good human stat to have. I'm I'm not gonna take another minute of anybody's time without asking about the Lakers and LeBron and. How much longer can they survive without him? Shoot, he's got to get back. I mean, it's got to be ASAP. They're, they're in a fight for a playoff spot now. They won a couple games last week. I know, but it's not enough. Not when Utah's, you know. Yeah, and then, but then obviously they lost the most important game of the, the, the week uh, in Utah. And then Sunday, they helped the Cavs end their 12-game losing streak. And yeah, you can't do that kind of stuff. The Cavs' defense has been awful. It may be the worst defense in NBA history, honestly. Right. Um and the Lakers scored less than a point per, per possession in that game on Sunday. And like I said, that was, you know, the Cavs had come, came in losing 12 straight with terrible defensive numbers over that uh, losing streak. And then the Lakers were just awful offensively in that game. Over the 10 games without LeBron, they ranked last in the league in offense. I mean, of course. I mean, they look horrendous sometimes, you know, and you're watching them try and manufacture offense. Basically, I've, I mean, we knew they had – shooting issues as a group, but they, they couldn't be more magnified than they were, you know, against the Cavs. Like, man, this, this group cannot shoot it. Like not even just naturally in the flow of a game. Do they, do they put together stretches where it goes, all right, gosh, they bail themselves out with a, just with a good look or. And it's not just shooting from the field. They're awful from the line too. <laughs> I mean, they're last, last in the league in free throw percentage. Blonto ball has been awful at the line. It's a team that needs to score in transition or else it's a, it becomes a real struggle. So, like, when you play this team, priority number one is get your butt back in, yeah. in transition. And if you stop them and keep them from shooting in the first six or seven seconds of the shot clock, you are in good shape because they everything, you know, their offense really drops off after that. And like I said, yeah, like they, they just don't have shooters on that roster and it's exacerbated when they don't have a guy to pass the ball to shooters. And Josh Hart is one of their shooters, but he's been terrible uh, over this last 10 games or not terrible, but he's just shot poorly over these last 10 games. See what happens when you don't have Brown Brown in the lineup. They were counting on Michael Beasley to give him some offense last week. He, he tried, but I mean, it's just not, yeah. you know, 
Kuzma had a big game. Ingram had a big game, but then yeah. you know the sort of the wheels fell off later in the week. Yeah, they got they got to find a remedy, and his uh, his name is LeBron James, and they need him back. Interesting week, Shoe, with just some of these games this week. Tony Parker going back to San Antonio tonight. I'm assuming he's not going to get booed the way Kawhi did. <laughs> Safe assumption. Yes, I mean he's his departure from from San Antonio was mu- much different. I will expect some chilly relations in Philly on Tuesday night because I don't know that Cat or Andrew Wiggins are going to be running over to hug Jimmy Butler during pregame warmups. Maybe they do the Blake Griffin runoff. I don't know. I, I want Towns or Wiggins to hit a big shot late in the game and yell, we don't need you at, at <laughs> Jimmy Butler or something like that, something to that uh, uh extent uh i don't think i mean covington hasn't been playing so it's possible he won't be there for his his return to philly but uh sarich will be there and uh, it's a big game it's actually a a really important game for for minnesota who is is struggling to to stay in that western conference playoff picture um and all three of their games under ryan saunders have been close yeah have been within two points in the last minute so obviously be fascinating uh to see it won't be a crowd you know, the crowd will obviously give Sarich a big cheer, and if Covington's there, uh, be happy to welcome him. But the, the dynamic on the court will be uh, will be interesting. Frost. I'm expecting frosty <laughs> temperatures in Philly um, for sure. You mentioned the Nuggets and Warriors hooking up um, with a battle for first place in the West. Does it mean more? Who does – I mean – I mean, I know. That's a good question. Like, who is it? Is it more of a measure? bigger deal for? Yeah. Denver, obviously. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're playing at home. One, they've been first place for a while. So, um, you know, losing on losing their hold on that with a loss at home would be would be a tough would be tough. And like we said, you know, Golden State is still waiting on Demarcus Cousins. So they, you know, they have more to to grow from, you know, going forward. Although Denver's banged up too. I mean, uh, Gary Harris has missed games. Uh, they just got Will Barton back. Yeah, he took a bunch. I mean, I couldn't believe how many shots he got off in his, <laughs> his return game. And I was like, did he really take this many shots in 15 minutes? Like, man. He Will was- Barton. I mean, it's like, oh, oh. I, I forgot about Will Barton. <laughs> in case you forgot who I am, here I am taking, you know, whatever it was, 10 shots in however many minutes. You know the other thing about the Nuggets I've been wondering, kind of scratch my is Isaiah Thomas going to come? I mean, is this going to happen? I don't know. I'll be fascinated to see, one, uh, if he returns, two, what kind of shape he's in, what yeah. he can do, and three, what does that happen with Monty Morris's minutes or, you know, their, their bench? He's been really good. Yeah. You know, Monty Morris has been really good for him. Um, it's just strange. I mean, we I, I know he, he's out there. He's, he's active on social media, but it's like it doesn't sound like there's any kind of – urgency to get him back you know on the court unless unless that you know he, he dealt with some serious injuries obviously a guy his size I can imagine the road to recovery is you know maybe more arduous than we realize and then the the last game I want to highlight for this week that's kind of one of those ring the bell games is is the Celtics and Raptors on Wednesday in Boston, so you know the crowd will be going crazy. As much angst as the Celtics have had over the last yeah. few days, a win over the Raptors on Wednesday would would obviously um, ease things a bit. Again, getting lumped up though would only amplify some of the drama too. Though. I mean, I'm, they got to be careful, you know, that they don't go out there and the, and the Raptors take them to pieces. Because what to me, we're clearly reach close or clearly reaching that point where things things come to a head in Boston. 
<laughs> they're going to be some, you know, people are going to be looking to see who makes the move, like who decides, you know, I'm telling you, I feel, feel it coming. One of those young players, they keep getting dumped on, you know, whether it's deliberately or, you know, be reading between the lines. They're not going to keep taking being the, the, the brunt of all this and being the, you know, the guys responsible for not understanding, you know, how to, you know, how they should do in these moments and blah, blah, blah. It's like they did just fine in those moments last year when you weren't playing Kyrie. I'll say I'll say this same thing about the Celtics as I've said about the Lakers. I think they got to hold on to the summer mm-hmm. and see and wait out the Anthony Davis situation before they do anything. Really yeah. make a move that affects their assets, and you know, obviously that starts with Brown and Tatum. Like any co- sort of package for an Anthony Davis um, would start with one of those two guys. And so, yeah. as it is with the Lakers, I don't see a major move coming. Uh, until that situation has been resolved, whether it be Davis staying in New Orleans with a with a contract extension or, you know, a bidding war for his services come July. Yeah. I'm just just curious, how long do you, you know, how long does the fabric of a locker room withstand that that drama that we know it's not, you know, and it's not like some nasty, you know, knockdown drag out drama, but it's just clearly some there's some edge that you either you either ride it and it fuels you in a locker room or it just continues being an issue to the point where it tears down whatever it is you're trying to build over the course of a season. And every every season for every team is its own individual campaign where it's even if it's the same players, you're trying to build a narrative year after year, you know, and and make it lead to whatever special ending you hope is there you know I, I just don't know how long you deal with this if you're Boston's young guys because I'm serious I I can imagine they're tired of it I also wouldn't put it past Kyrie Irving to be make more of the situation than really is there yeah. just saying like he's talking more like he's make the, the way he's talking is is more dramatic than what's really under the surface but maybe mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong you know what? You talk about what how the summer could be fascinating and the offseason could be fascinating. I'm going to be very curious to see if if Kyrie is a man of his word. He talked about wanting to be in Boston. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It w- at this point, it wouldn't shock me. Nothing. I mean, nothing in this league shocks me anymore. You think he's planted the seed uh, on this on Sunday or was it sa- Saturday in the I locker just, room? He planted the seed for his departure. <laughs> I just feel like it, you know. It, Oh, yeah, you know what? I promised it, but then, you know, <laughs> there was that drama in Orlando, you know, and now, you know. I'm just saying, if would you well, – I'll pose it to you just He's in our own – For a heel turn. Yeah, no, I'm saying if you were running the Celtics or if you had a vested interest in the Celtics, let's put it that way, would you invest fully with the young core or would you invest with Kyrie as the leader of the band moving forward? Um. That, I'm just, and I don't want you don't even have to answer, but I'm saying that would be a dilemma that would that would cause me pause if I was Danny Ainge or the ownership in Boston trying to figure out which path to take. You know, there's there's good you and can't bad do with both. If it can't yeah, be done together, there's good and bad with the way he plays, right? Like he's going to bail you out of some situations, and he's going to hit some big shots. Yes, but you got to get to those situations. 
Right. And at the same time, he's at the same time, he's going to take you out of your offense every once in a while. And he's not. And the way he plays or the way offense with him handling the ball so much may not be the way you want to play offensively in an ideal situation. Right. Just ideally, hey, you know, ball moves, people move. It doesn't stop. But like I said, you know, (laughs) the, the dude hit some big shots and has already this season carried them offensively to to uh to some wins so yes nobody's denying Kyrie's and I'm I'm never one to question his ability or his talent that's not in question dude gets buckets Kyrie as a number one guy leader to me is what's in the crosshairs right now is does he have the makeup the temperament the the touch in a locker room needed to be the leader on a championship team. Let's get all the other Celtics with some truth serum and ask them what they thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it would Orlando, those Orlando comments to the media. Yeah. I mean, it would, uh, all I'm saying is that is something you have to evaluate if you're the Celtics move forward. And I'm going to tell you, it's because of this. If we take a look at what you accomplished last season without Kyrie and Hayward, when they weren't able to play. And we gauge that with what they're able to do this season. We don't know where it ends. It could very well end in the same place or beyond. We'll have to determine that at the end of the season. But if if I'm if those are the things I'm measuring in juxtaposition to each other, that's a different summer than maybe you anticipated if you're the Boston Celtics. Every you know, I think we all assumed that this thing would grow together and it would just be one harmonious thing you know where hey you know they bad these guys back and now look at them you know not as easy as that not as simple as as that in theory and I'm curious I'll be curious to see like I said how this thing plays out because if you go if you get to the summer shoe and then you start evaluating the season in your Boston and maybe things don't go as planned you you don't make the conference finals you know maybe you get bounced before that then you start that's when you start backtracking and doing a timeline so, well, where do we go wrong? And where did things go sideways? And why didn't this work? And, like, you're going to start piecing together a narrative for this season. And to me, it all lies on, well, what was our leadership? What, you know, what kind of locker room leadership did we have? Were the leaders of this team the right leaders? And did they set the right tone and conduct themselves in a way that was beneficial to this group or not? Those are, those are fair questions to ask when you're talking about spending the kind of money the Celtics are going to have to spend the next few years to fortify themselves as a championship team for years to come. So I, I, I'm not mad at you if you're Danny Ainge and, and ownership in Boston and you sit down and ask those tough questions before you make those decisions. Well, the good thing is they still have uh, another half of a season to, uh, to figure things out. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I like to play uh, armchair psychologist sometimes on, on NBA teams. That's what we do on the hang time podcast here. Um, be sure to check out, the full week 14 power rankings at nba.com slash power rankings. Uh, John Schumann works his tail off on him. I don't want anybody to miss out on giving him the business if they don't like him or if they love him or whatever. Um, you deserve your opportunity to, to give him some feedback. And, shoot, I don't want you to run off and take your little Monday afternoon nap too soon without your email blowing up. So make sure you check out his power rankings and send him some emails, give him some feedback. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode of the Hangtime Podcast, another deep dive on some team around the league. We haven't decided who that'll be yet, but when we do, we'll let you know, and you'll definitely get a chance to listen to it and uh, hear us chop it up on Thursday's episode of the Hangtime Podcast. Be sure to subscribe 
to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes all season long. Make sure you leave a review for John Schumann, our producer, John Hartzell, the Seku Smith. We'll see you next time right here on the Hang Time Podcast.